It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, and I am so excited to be here with you talking Carolina Panthers every day, Monday through Friday, about 30 minutes each day, giving you all the things that you want to know about your Carolina Panthers. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the brand new Odyssey app, on Stitcher. Man, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. So I'm sure you're listening on one of those platforms and probably some platform that has podcasts I've never even heard of. So go ahead and check it out. Rate, review, subscribe, please. Five stars if you like me. Four stars if you hate me. And that's pretty much your only options. Nothing lower than that. So five stars, please, for the podcast so we can get the rating up. Took over from the guy previously. So we got to get this rating up so more Panthers fans can go find it on all those podcast platforms. Um... Today, we're going to do a mailbag. So I put it out there throughout the week. I teased it about a week ago, being like, yeah, I'm going to do a mailbag at some point. I'm thinking Fridays, going to start doing a mailbag. Now, in a couple weeks, we do have the NFL draft, so I'll probably be doing reactions to who the Carolina Panthers select at number eight, if they do, in fact, select at number eight. So mainly, probably for the rest of the offseason, at least, we're going to do a mailbag and try and talk to Panthers as we get closer to training camp then I'll be talking probably exclusively other things going on and not doing as much of mailbag. But I always want to make time for y'all's questions because this is a podcast that you listen to, and this podcast really is me giving it to you. This is for you. So I want to help you out and answer the questions that you guys want to know. So I'm going to try and fit in all the questions that I got. Really appreciate the folks who did reach out. I was worried there for a second. I was going to look like a gigantic fool, and no one's going to DM me or tweet at me with questions. But y'all gave me plenty of content and more than enough, so please thank you so much. And again, if you don't follow me on Twitter yet, at Julian Council, so go ahead and do that, at Julian Council. So without further ado, let's get into this week's mailbag. First question comes from Greg. Greg says, assuming Sam Darnold is a starter and Teddy's gone, what would you like to see them do at backup quarterback? Find a vet around cut time or stick with Will or PJ? I think an established vet would be better for Sam at least in 2021 and that's actually a pretty good point that greg brings up there yeah the pj walker situation and if you followed me back when i was at wf and z i was calling pj walker the xfl mahomes and talk about how he's gonna win six super bowls and all that kind of stuff like i was joking but i mean was i really because if he does do it i you heard it here first i don't think pj walker right now is cut out to be the kind of backup quarterback that you want like last year against detroit he did go in there and help the team win a football game. Now, 
the defense didn't give up a single point, which helps, obviously, if your defense doesn't give up a point. It's very, it's a lot easier for you to win a football game because all you got to do is score once. He did have two interceptions. I believe both of those were in the red zone. And you go back to week 17 against the Saints when he came in for a bench, Teddy Bridgewater. He had two more interceptions. I believe another one of those was in the red zone. So that's kind of a concern. Will Greer, that's a big question mark about him. I was curious a couple weeks ago before the Sam Darnold trade, where Will Greer was going to factor in if the Carolina Panthers did indeed draft a quarterback and assuming Teddy Bridgewater is still on the roster, would Will Greer have been the odd man out? So, yeah, probably finding a better one would make a lot of sense. Although, like, Sam Darnold is a guy who doesn't really need veteran, like, kind of mentorship like he did early on in his career when he had a guy like Josh McCown who spoke to Darren Gant at Panthers.com and said so many glowing things about Sam Darnold. So, yeah, I just... Is this team in a position where if Darnold gets hurt, and I think it's actually important, I brought it up, he's yet to play 16 games so far in a season in the NFL. So having a quality backup actually is pretty important. Do I feel confident in P.J. Walker or Will Greer's ability to go out there and win for this team for two or three games this season? No, not really. I don't. So... Yeah, I think they probably should go out there and find a veteran. It's going to be difficult because you have one right now, like Teddy Bridgewater. That's the thing. It would actually make more sense for the Carolina Panthers if they want to protect themselves in terms of quarterback by keeping Teddy Bridgewater. Matt Rule already said on Monday when they introduced Sam Darnold that he's not concerned about what's fair and what's unfair in professional football. What's fair to this team, really, would be to have Teddy Bridgewater on the roster, even if you have that $23 million cap hit. It's better to have Teddy and have a guy that you know you can win with, at least, if your starter goes down, than hoping that Will Greer or P.J. Walker could be able to step in for a couple of games, which we've seen so far in his career in the NFL. Sam Darnold has yet to play 16 games, so you can expect... Unfortunately, hopefully not, but you can expect, at least based off of the three-year sample size, that he's going to miss two or three games a season. You're going to need a backup. So I would actually say just stick with Teddy Bridgewater and take the cap it opposed to uh, letting him go, which probably means Will Greer. Sorry, bye. Okay, salesman wants to know, can Rashawn Slater be a David Bakhtiari-type left tackle? Not ideal height, but great technique, strength, and agility. I mean, I certainly hope so. Like, David Bakhtiari has been a fantastic left tackle for the Green Bay Packers for a number of years now, if anyone's not familiar with him. Um, what Looking at his bio, like, what, how many freaking uh, Pro Bowls has this guy gone to? He's gone to, like, quite a few, I'm pretty sure. He's about two-time All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowlers. I mean, I would I would hope so. Like, he's 6'4", 310 pounds. I, I would love to have a guy like that. Like, because if you can put that on the blind side of Sam Darnold or who, whoever's going to end up being the long-term uh, starting quarter for Carolina, that'd be great. So it's hard to say, can he be? Like, I understand the mold you're talking about. Let's see, Rashawn Slater, just looking at his size compared to Bakhtiari. According to what NFL.com is saying that Slater is, as it's loading, is 6'4", 304, with 33-inch arms and 10 and a half size hands. Okay. So I see. I mean, he's only going to add more more weight. So, yeah, there's a possibility he could be that, salesman. Again, you know how I feel. It's uh, Panay Sewell or Rewrite if he's available there at 8. 
But I would not mind having Rashawn Slater, and I'm not going to lie to y'all and say I've seen, I've seen a ton of Slater. Like, I did not watch much Northwestern football this past fall, or really. I mean, I don't really watch that much Northwestern football to begin with. I do love college football. I watch a lot of it. Uh, Northwestern is just not typically the team I'm going out there and watching, even though Pat Fitzgerald has built a pretty strong program there in Evanston, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. Aaron Pine is asking if the Panthers don't draft Sewell and we don't riot and instead draft a guy like, let's say, Justin Fields without making a trade away, who do you see getting the start day one? Fields, Darnold, or Bridgewater, assuming Teddy hasn't been traded? If Teddy, oh my God, if that is your quarterback depth chart, oh, that'd be, I, I guess, like, who gets cut probably? Will Greer probably gets cut in that situation considering he wasn't signed or at least drafted by this uh, current regime as Marty Herney's out the door and they brought in PJ Walker last year. God, um, Fields, Darnold and Bridgewater. I mean, I'd say probably Darnold's gets a start. I don't see Teddy Bridgewater starting another game for the Carolina Panthers unless it's due to injury. Yeah, it would be Sam Darnold day one for sure. After what they gave up the six round compensatory tick pick this year's draft second and fourth in next year's draft. Yeah, I'd say that I'd probably be Darnold. That would also be an extremely crazy situation. And I actually would kind of sign off in that kind of drama if they do have Fields, Darnold, and Bridgewater on the same depth chart. Even though I'd kind of question what on earth is this team doing right now? Just stockpiling quarterbacks. And we're not quite sure which one is really any good. But like Fields is the guy who's the future. If they draft him, just as he's starting day one, uh, probably not. Um, a guy named Tepper's Fake Brass Testicles. I uh, try to keep a little bit more uh, PG by giving the actual anatomy instead of uh, the the slang balls um, for the kids out there listening. With the projected depth of the offensive tackle class, what are your thoughts about a potential weapon, say, wide receiver like Waddle, if, in all caps, we go offensive tackle in round two like an Eichenberg out of Notre Dame? I've heard, this, I've heard the surround him with weapons thrown out a lot when people have been talking about Darnold. Yeah, and I've, I've kind of said that too. Like, I think the Carolina Panthers should absolutely be focused on surrounding Sam Darnold with everything they can to make him successful. Like they gave up those three picks really. I mean, the second and fourth rounder is really the one I look at mainly the second rounder as like, you gave up some serious capital to try and bring this guy to care to bring him to Carolina. So you might as well try and build around him. You already have McCaffrey. Of course you already have Robbie Anderson, at least for another season. You have DJ Moore. You bring in Dan Arnold from Arizona coming off a career year. You have David Moore, who was awesome in Seattle last year. I wouldn't hate it. Cause I, I brought up in the podcast earlier this week, just talking about the potential that they were going to draft a wide receiver that that kind of allows you to not have to worry about re-signing Robbie Anderson, who is going into a contract year and is a free agent in 2022. It allows you to not have to worry about that. And you get that rookie contract, especially for with the fifth year option for a guy like Waddle. I'd be all for that. And if they get I mean, if they do that, absolutely offensive tackle in the second round. Like, they cannot go the first two rounds without getting any sort of offensive tackle or offensive alignment. Like, I'm totally cool if they went offensive tackle than the offensive guard slash center in the second round. Okay, going to get to a few more of your questions here on this uh, Friday mailbag edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. But first, this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. 
This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. So, hey, guys, go out there and do that if you really want to help your honey out. And, hey, I mean, your mom, your mom's special, so go, you know, go spoil her. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes of the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, back to the mailbag and what other people are asking. Seamus O'Toole. I love that name, Seamus. Just curious, your thoughts on the strengths slash weaknesses of this team's position groups entering the draft. What position group? Are we strongest at? What position group are we weakest at? What are our top five team needs entering the draft? Any prospects in the second, third, fourth rounds that you could address these needs? Okay, so a lot of questions there from Seamus. Um, well, clearly, when we're talking about strengths, like I feel like Christian McCaffrey in the running back room makes that a strength already. Like if he goes down, there's a little bit of questions about who can back him up. Like is Rodney Smith going to be able to produce? So I think this team actually kind of likes him. Um I think they're. I think defensive line's fine, especially when you talk about edge rusher. I think it's a strength with uh, Hassan Reddick. If he can be the same guy we saw last year in Arizona, same thing with Brian Burns. I think Gross Matos, once he is healthy this year and being a guy who gets to be under the entire offseason program, which he didn't get last year, I think he can really have a major impact for them. Let's go with Morgan Fox as well, coming over from Los Angeles where he had six sacks last season with the Rams. So I'd say that's a strength. Offensive line clearly is a weakness. It's something I've talked about outside of the right tackle. They really need to find four guys, and it's it's difficult. There's not any team really out there in the NFL that has all five of those offensive line positions just really wrapped up for the foreseeable future. So that's really definitely a weakness. I mean, the kicking position is a weakness. When you look at Joey Sly, I don't, I'm not endorsing drafting a kicker. Absolutely don't do that. But that, that certainly would be a weakness. And linebacker is kind of one of the middle grounds. Like, I, I think I like Shaq and the leadership that he provides. I know not people aren't in love with the contract and not in love with Shaq as a whole. I, I like bringing in Denzel Perryman. I think Jermaine Carter Jr., who had a rough start with this Matt, Real, uh, Matt Rule regime coming in to things last season, I think he's actually going to provide a lot. But I, they could still upgrade and add some more guys. Now, you talk about potential prospects in the second, third, or fourth rounds that could address a need. I mean, I look in the secondary. And not at corner. And there's a guy I brought up, and it's Richie Grant from out of UCF. Matt Rule, when asked if there was one guy that he coached at the Senior Bowl, he'd love to coach in the NFL, he, he pointed out Richie Grant. And for as nice of a guy as Justin Burris is and what, they, what he brought to the team last year, especially the interception late against the Atlanta Falcons in the game in Atlanta, they're going to need to upgrade at that position. And I think having Grant 
and then you have Jeremy Chin back there. Those two safeties for the foreseeable future could be a really good tandem. So I'd probably say that in terms of a guy in that second, third, fourth round spot that could really address one of those needs. Also like the Landon Dickerson pick that Mel Kiper Jr. had brought up in his, his mock draft the other day in terms of a guy who could be a guard or a center that you could get probably in the second, maybe even the third round. Okay, Andy B. asks, I would really like us to trade 39 for Orlando Brown and then take Pitts or Jamar Chase if they fall, or if they aren't there, then hopefully trade back for a cornerback and recoup the pick for Orlando Brown or Sam next year. I know it's all what ifs, but do you think 39 is enough to get Orlando Brown? Would you rather do that than spend number eight on Panay, who I covet but is still unproven versus Orlando Brown? Like I've made the point to say that when it comes to proven commodities versus draft picks, I absolutely am all about getting a proven commodity. Now, the Orlando Brown thing, though, happened before the Panthers traded away a second and fourth in next year's draft. Now, I understand what you're talking about, potentially trading back and trying to recoup that, but you're also trying to recoup not just the Orlando Brown, but also the picks from Sam Darnold. So, I, I mean, I love Panay Sewell. That's the thing. I, I've, I've said three guys in this draft that I think are going to be superstars. I mean, they're, I cannot see them failing are Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, and Panay Sewell. And if Sewell's there at eight, he's a first-rounder. So you think about that rookie contract. If he turns out to be as good as I think he's going to be, then you got him for five years for basically nothing. I mean, really, four years for nothing. And then you got to pay him, really, in that fifth year. So when he really gets that first pay bump and actually starts making money in the NFL. Where for Orlando Brown, it's not only that you have to trade for him, it's that you got to sign him, like, right away, basically. Like, he's looking for a new contract. And... Yeah, the Panthers can be in a situation where you're like with the salary cap and how it is, and then they also have to sign Taylor Moten as well. I think it makes it really difficult. So I honestly would just take Panay Sewell in that situation opposed to trading for Orlando Brown just because of the complexities of also trying to retain Taylor Moten, who's your best tackle, really your best offensive lineman, period, on this roster. Okay, looks like more of these mailbag questions. Jordan Jackson asked if Sewell... Chase, Waddle, Smith, or Pitts are available, okay? So, Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, or Pitts are all available, and the Panthers get on the clock. <laughs> Who do you think the Panthers should go with? I mean, this is an absolutely ridiculous... It's not a ridiculous question. It's an extremely difficult question to answer. They all seem to be equally supremely talented at their respective positions and would make the offense more explosive. Curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, my thoughts are... I hate you so much for asking me to answer this question. Um, God, it's going to be tough. Ah, God, if Sewell, Chase, Waddle, Smith, or Pitts are available. Like, that's not going to happen, though. Like, Chase will be gone. Smith will probably be gone. Because there's no way that Detroit and Miami, if they sit there, aren't going to take a wide receiver. Like, to help out. I mean, even Cincinnati might take a while. Like, like the thing, Sewell, Chase, and Smith will not all be on the board. And same thing with Pitts. Like, there's no way... All these dudes are on the board. But um, in the event that they are, I'm still going with Panay Sewell. Again, Panay Sewell if we, or we riot if he's there at eight and the Panthers don't take him. And I guess you're assuming that all these quarterbacks are gone because that's the only way it's even possible that a combination of those guys could be available. Because I guess you're actually asking if Sewell and Pitts and then the combination of Chase, Waddle, or Smith are available. Yeah, because if you got, it'd probably be with five quarterbacks, and then you get to Miami, we'll probably take one of those in Chase. We'll probably take Devontae Smith, I would assume. Then seven, Detroit, they'd probably take Chase at that point in time. Then it would leave Sewell, Waddle, or Pitts. 
God, I don't, man, I don't want to pass up on cattle pits. Penesul or Uriah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I gotta stick to my guns there. I gotta. That's who I am at this point. Penesul or we riot. Okay. Um, Q. With it being such a deep offensive tackle class, is there any reality the Panthers grab Sertan? That's Patrick Sertan out of Alabama at eight, and a starter at left tackle in the second, or jump back into the bottom of the first. I don't really see them jumping back to the bottom of the first, just because of the things that Scott Fitters has said about his philosophy when it comes to the draft. Like being in the top ten at eight. Obviously, every organization does not want to be in a situation moving forward. So he sees this as a rare time they're going to be this high up so they can get a really quality player, where he looks at the middle part and the back part of the first round as the same thing as like the early part of the second round. So I would say, yeah, I mean, it's certain, like it, it, fills, it fills a need for sure. Like Dante Jackson going into contract here. I'm not really sold on Dante. I personally believe it's going to be his last year in Carolina, especially if they get Sertan. Now, A.J. Boye, he's on a two-year deal. Uh, we'll see how he factors. Like, it's, there's a good chance that Boye – I mean, I'm just going to say a good chance, but there is definitely – it's a possibility that both Boye and Dante Jackson are exiting. So, you don't want to be in a situation where you don't have two starting corners. And you would hope maybe Troy Pride Jr. going in year three would be ready to go. He certainly, for his sake, would need to be, considering that he's going to be trying to – earn that next contract right there. And if you had Sertan, yeah, I mean, they go Sertan and then left tackle in the second round. Like, I can't really complain about that. Unless Panay Sewell is on the board at eight, then we riot. All right, some really tough questions so far. You guys got me on my toes, and I'm, like, not loving that so much, but I'm loving the fact that I got plenty of questions that are actually making me think. That's a good thing about this. Like, you ask good questions, I think it turns into good content as long as I don't mess it up, which I hope I'm not doing. But I'll get to more of your questions in just a moment. But first off, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. That's right. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and you know my personal favorite, apple almond crisp. You also have some of the 12 original flavors that are pretty good, like German chocolate, coconut almond, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, and peanut butter brownie. Now, if you're a fan of like orange and raspberry flavors well they got that and the cool thing about it is all bars are covered in 100 percent chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew now people are super health conscious nowadays built bar can you eat them still if you're trying to be healthy absolutely built bars are healthy and they're great for anyone who's out there that's health conscious if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat built bar is the bar for you they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great if you're on that keto diet now quickly go do this get to builtbar.com and you could earn a free cooler with your next purchase while supplies last go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are all in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. 
presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. All right, back to more of your questions here for this Friday mailbag, and we're kind of getting to uh, the end of it, so I got to maybe go a little quicker on some of these. All right, Nathan Siebens. Hope I said your last name right, Nate. If I didn't, and I hope I, you don't mind me calling you Nate. Uh, I think we're friends, aren't we? Probably not. I mean, gosh, sorry, dude. Um, anyway, we keep DJ and Robbie after this season. I think both their contracts are up, yes. Um, well, DJ Moore will be here in Carolina. Uh, the Panthers have to, well, he's, I mean, this is his fourth year coming up. So yes, if they don't pick up his fifth year option by May 3rd, then he will be a free agent, but that's not going to happen. He will be, they're going to pick up his, uh, his fifth year option, which I believe will pay him about 11 million in 2022. They should also by May 3rd, pick up Sam Donald's. Um, otherwise you gave up three picks for a one year rental, which would be weird but not certainly something that we'd be surprised by considering the franchise's history, but that's not the question. Robbie, um, I mean, yeah, we're going to keep DJ. I, are we going to keep Robbie? I don't know, man. Like, it really depends, like, if they find another receiver out there. Like, they draft a wide receiver that they like. Like, if they draft one right there at eight, which would be one of the top wide receivers in the draft class. You're talking about a Devontae Smith, like Mel Kiper Jr. has said, or Jamar Chase, who would be best player available, like Jonathan Jones mocked earlier this week for CBSSports.com, then, yeah, I don't really see Robbie Anderson being back here because why would you re-sign Robbie Anderson where you already have DJ Moore, who's going to need a new contract probably this next offseason going into that fifth-year option. And then you also have to think about, I mean, having to re-sign some of these other guys like um, Taylor Moten and... If you get a rookie receiver, especially a first-round guy like a Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, I probably would rather have that five-year contract, of course, with the option, than re-signing Robbie Anderson, which might suck. But it also depends on how him and Sam Darnold mesh and what his market is. If he has another big year, then he might want to go make the most money elsewhere, which I would definitely encourage him and every player to do. So, Ah, uh, God, I don't know. Really, ask me after draft night, and I can answer that question better for you. But I think it definitely is possible to keep both of them. DJ Moore absolutely will be on the roster. Uh, Corey Overholt asked, what would your best guess of the Panthers' top 10 big board heading into the draft? Well, number one has got to be Trevor Lawrence, of course. Number two, probably Kyle Pitts, if we're being honest. Three, might have like a Zach Wilson Oh, let's see. God, it's tough. Three, maybe maybe, maybe Sewell's up there. I think Sewell might be high, but there's been some people who've said that they like Slater more. So I think those guys are definitely like up in the top 10. Demonte Smith's got to be in the top 10. Jamar Chase is probably ahead of him. I mean, it's the usual suspects. Probably Trey Lance is high up there. Same thing with, but I don't know. Maybe they're not high up there, just considering that they don't seem to be that much in love with those guys because they didn't want to trade all those picks to Miami, and they've already traded for Sam Darnold. So maybe they don't value him that high i'm very curious like maybe a micah parsons or uh pa patrick sertan might be in that top 10 i think it's hard to guess like the thing is it's going to be basically the same as all these other teams out there it's just the quarterbacks is the one thing that might fluctuate between each team like i think every team's going to have like trevor lawrence one i know there's some teams who apparently think zach wilson's better which is asinine but um 
most teams that aren't stupid are going to have Trevor Lawrence one. And hey, maybe I'll we'll get cold take for saying that, but still, Trevor Lawrence one. And I got to say, Pitts has got to be number two. I mean, come on. So, no clue, but I feel like it's, it can't be much different than any other team out there. Uh, let's see. Bud Pelkey is asking Should we try and trade back in to the end of the first if Trayvon Morig of TCU starts to drop? Get him before the Jags do at the beginning of the second. Uh, trade and uh, try and trade back. So you're talking about already taking someone at eight and trying to trade back in. Again, Scott Fitterer has basically said he sees that those guys basically at the end of the first as nothing different than a guy in the early in the second. So I don't, I, I mean, should they try? If they, if they like him, yeah, certainly. I don't think that they will, though, especially a guy like Richie Grant could be there in the second round and they don't even have to worry about giving up assets for him. Um, J-Bone Meyer. Is your name John? Maybe. J-Bone Meyer. A bit of a two-parter, but I've been thinking left tackle lately. Same, buddy. Uh, What are your thoughts on trading back with Sewell and maybe Slater are gone by eight? There are plenty of first-round left tackles being mocked around the 20s. Are there any guys in that range that you'd be interested in? And then there's another guy, Sam D, who actually chimed in and said, or should we get Lance or Fields if they're both gone and wait till round two for left tackle? Well, again, I've already kind of made my point here. Like, I think that they should be building around Sam Darnold. So, no, do not get Lance or Fields at eight. Like, go get best player available at that point in time if they're going to stay there at eight. And then if they do stay there at eight and get, like, a wide receiver or a corner, then, yes, you have to absolutely have to get a left tackle there. Um, Okay, so let's see. I, I'm looking at... Mel Kuyper's top 10 offensive tackles. Panay Sewell is number one. Then he has Christian Darisoff from Virginia Tech at number two. Samuel Cosme. Uh, Dylan Reduns from North Dakota State. Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. Like, a guy that I would be like, Darisaw is pretty good. I would be good with that. Samuel Cosme at Texas. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with any of those guys. But, like, Sewell, and it's weird because he doesn't even have Rashawn Slater listed as a tackle. He has Slater listed as a guard. And there's Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, who he has listed as a guard, but is also seen as a tackle. So I don't really know if you want to get one of those tweeners, but this team does like flexibility. So any of those guys could be an option definitely for the Carolina Panthers when looking at an offensive tackle. All right, let's get to the end of these before we head out. Uh, Season Panthers ask, if the Panthers move Dante the free safety, draft Sertan if Sewell isn't available, and sign Sherman post-June 1st if he's still available, Leave the Panthers' defense set for the next year and certain able to learn from the greats. Like, Dante Jackson's not going to be a free safety, so we'll go ahead and end that, end that right there. Um, drafting Sertan and letting him learn behind Dante Jackson and also having Sherman on the roster with A.J. Boye like, would absolutely be a great situation. But Dante Jackson is not going to be a free safety. That is going to be Justin Burris. All right, Evangelos T. Nixon said, can we start a fan-driven campaign to update and or reinvent the uniforms? They are beyond dated. The helmet logo is made for the 90s-style helmets and starts halfway and nearly touches in the back. Um, Yeah, like, go ahead, man. Like, if you if you want to change the uniforms, that's, like, something I thought about when Tepper came with all the changes and wanting to make this organization into the mold of David Tepper. I have wondered if the Carolina Panthers would be changing the uniforms. Like I, I honestly felt like that's something that's going to be happening very soon. Now, getting different helmets would be cool, especially the NFL would ever change the rules was already struck down to be able to have secondary helmets opposed to always having to wear the same helmet week to week. At least that would kind of mix things up. But I do like the Panthers uniforms, and it would be weird watching them have different uniforms. I think the Tennessee Titans 
they had had the same original uniforms for like 25 plus years, however long they've been around. And then they finally changed them a couple years ago. And I've gotten used to those. Um, don't love them, but I've gotten used to them. So it would be weird to see if Carolina changed their uniforms. And then um, I also ask people to ask basically whatever you want to ask. I got Zach McGee, a former coworker of mine over at WFNZ, big Bills fan, asked me, will you ever come around Josh on and admit he's the GOAT? Um, no, because he's not even the best quarterback in the AFC. We found that out in the AFC title game when he got thoroughly outplayed by Patrick Mahomes and that Josh Allen is not that good. He's good. Like, he had a good season. But, again, let's do it again next year. We'll see it in 2021. So-so in his first two years as he's learning. They built around him. He had a really good season last year. Credit to him. Credit to Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, both all-pro guys last year. And credit to our guy Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott up there winning in Buffalo. Like, they built around the guy. Um, my ass, so I asked I ask Zach this too. You're a Buffalo guy. I mean, are you ever going to move back to Buffalo? I mean, all these Buffalo people living in Charlotte talking about how great the Bills are, but some, for whatever reason, they want to live in Buffalo. And then Russell, final question in the mailbag asked Your take, most underrated golf course in the Charlotte metro area. I will not answer that because if I tell you that, then I'm going to have people going to play that golf course, which will make it harder for me to get a tee time. But I will say, uh, it's not technically, I don't really call it metro area, but uh, Lancaster Golf Club. That's owned by Leroy Springs. That owns Springfield and Fort Mill and Chester. Lancaster's pretty good. Donald Ross, front nine. Any kind of Ross course out there, I'm all about that. Also, um, Mooresville, another Donald Ross, front nine. That's a pretty sneaky good course. Really good course out there. So, plenty of good courses in the area. Um, actually, you know, here's an underrated course for you. Uh, let's say Quail Hollow Club. No, but actually the nicest course in Charlotte is Charlotte Country Club, which is something that we probably will never see. All right, thank you so much, y'all, for all the questions for this week's mailbag. Again, we're going to try and do this every Friday throughout the rest of the offseason. So if you have questions leading up to the draft, you have questions post-draft, you have questions about pretty much anything, you want to ask a question about me and what I'm all about, my story, if you care about that, yeah, sure, I'll answer that question. Why not? That's what I'm doing here. I feel like we're having we have a conversation. We have a relationship. I'm hoping I can be part of your daily routine. So I want to get to know you. You can get to know me. We can do that via the mailbag. So thanks again to everyone who asked questions this week, which, of course, concludes another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Odyssey, on Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast from. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, which you're going to need to follow me, at Julian Council. DM me, at me. Only time you can at me, bro, and give me the questions that you need. Or if you just want to talk about anything, Charles Sports, period. You know, what beer is good, I guess, you know. Where to go to the beach. Or what my underrated golf course in Charlotte is. Yeah, you can ask me that. So, again, follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Appreciate the love and support. Appreciate all y'all. Love y'all. Talk to you next week. Enjoy your weekend. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.